0: Welcome to To Do's Podcast, or should I say Ashlyn and Lacey's Podcast? And make sure you stay tuned and have an awesome day. Thank you. So, uh, well, first I off, I feel like I want to say yeah. something just how. So, last episode, we obviously had Connor on, and I think it's like, it's obviously, um, When we post, we just never know the reaction that we're going to get, but it's had like such good feedback and the amount of people who have DM'd us and been like, I'm like can relate or I'm so happy to hear that I'm not alone. But I just feel like every single time we record an episode, there's like the anxiety that goes into it and me and you are like, fuck, like, should we post this? Is this a good idea? And then whenever we post, like every single time, the few days after, I'm like, I'm just I love this community, and I love how kind people are to us, and I feel like Connor felt so much love, but I just – every time we post an episode, I get so stressed, and then afterwards, I'm, like, feel so thankful for everyone who listens, because
1: every time we're like, are people even going to listen to this? (laughs) I know. Good. So, after last week, I honestly – like, I texted you and was like, can we please just do something easy that Mm – like, I'm not going to have, like, an anxiety complex about – Or I won't uh, cry about on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we decided to go with sex, which is like fucking A.
0: (laughs) All like, okay. So, yeah, this episode's about sex. I still don't even really know totally where it's going to go, but we never do. And it just, that's usually how it goes. But last night, like, you texted me and we were like, dude, like, what are we going to talk about this week? And, Um, there had been conversations like previously in the week that me and you had had just about the topic. And um, so then we're like, well, let's just talk about sex. But then all last night, like instead of brainstorming the topic, all I could think about was there's a song. I think it's by Cheat Codes. It's called Sex, but it's like, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and and me.
1: Okay, (laughs) well, then Cheat
0: Codes remixed it. Yes, but that's...
1: I'm not even joking, like, when we were getting on, that was the first thing I was gonna, like, I'm like, we have the perfect intro. No, even this morning, like, I had
0: to wake up and, like, drive Connor to, like, drop his car off, and I was like, I should probably, like, I had a 30-minute car ride, I'm like, let me brainstorm some things to talk about, and it was just like, sex, baby, let's talk (laughs) about you and me. I'm like, my brain is broken, because that's all I can, that's all I'm contributing to this episode so far.
1: And when I think about that song, I was like, I don't know, like middle and high school when Mm -hmm. they like had whatever, they had a bunch of songs and... I think about them even singing about sex, and I'm sure at the time it was, like, so taboo. And I know that I, like, didn't really listen to that song. I listened to all the others because they felt, mm-hmm. like, more accessible or okay. But then I think about, like, the music that my kids hear on Spotify and, like, WAP. And, I was just you know, going to say WAP. Megan Stallion. Yes. And... I honestly, I have struggled so much because I don't know, I don't know where to place the parental controls. Mm-hmm. Like, we're super honest about everything. And I I do not know if that is the right way to parent. I, I don't know. But I know mm-hmm. it's the only way that I know how to parent. And I think that based on my own life, I, there have been times where like, I obviously have felt talking about sex is like really awkward and I feel it right fucking now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, I, I just hear Ben Shapiro in my head and his like little breakdown of get a bucket and a mop and just how he (laughs) talks through it and just how they shit all over her. And I don't like that either. Like Mm. she should be able to say what she wants and she's speaking about her own body. And, there have mm-hmm. been rap songs since the beginning that talk about sex, and and that's mm-hmm. all okay, but not some the girl second talking a female does it, yeah, yeah. and that yeah. just seems wrong. So then I don't want to be like Ellery, you can't you can't listen to this, but you can listen to that. It's like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, I I obviously I don't like let my kids you know, play Megan the Stallion on the speakers in the house and we all just dance yeah. whatever. But <laughs> you all twerk at the to same walk. Time, <laughs> yes. But at the same time, it's like all of this has been going on for so long. At what point can we take away the like scared, the fear mm-hmm. around talking about it so that we can all actually have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know when that is. But I've been just deep diving into some sex research this morning, so. I'm
0: really interested to hear.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the funniest thing, I think, is that I just went to dinner with my friends the other night. And while Mm -hmm. we were at dinner, the topic of teaching our kids about sex came up. Mm-hmm. and we all have kids of like varying ages all the mm-hmm. way down to you know young like toddlers and um it's something that i have thought a lot about because i think how we frame things impacts you know how how we see the world so yeah, i remember for being, children yeah and i remember being 14 and my dad saying, obviously things in my house were a little bit different because I didn't have like a mom, which Mm -hmm. is who I would assume would be the person to like talk to you about your period or talk to you about sex Mm -hmm. or whatever. But you know, my dad was an awesome single parent. And at some point when I was like 14, I think I was in like eighth grade. He said to me one day, like, I'm gonna have to have that talk with your sister. And I was like, what talk? And he's like, you know, the talk about sex that we had, like, I feel like she's getting to the age. And I was like, yeah, sure. You should. She probably is ready. But I walked away and was like, we never had that talk. Like, yeah, that we'll talk. talk never. <laughs> yes. But I pretended because I had feared it for mm-hmm. so long. And by that point, like, I had. I had known what I thought I needed to know, but mm-hmm. the parts of it that I didn't understand were the emotional parts of that we never would have got into a conversation about anyway. Like, yeah, it just I was going to say been- it's not
0: usually talked. But when you think about like the birds and the bees talk, it's like you know this is what it is, but there's no explaining beyond that, and like the yeah. emotional aspects, or yeah, for sure, it's not usually so, there.
1: I just told my friends this story. So when we started talking about it, I was like okay, well, this is how I approach it. And again, like, I think the one thing that I know about life in general, and also being a parent is that I never know the right fucking way to do anything, we just try to do our best. It's like when you're parenting, and you're talking about alcohol, or you're talking about sex, or you're talking about drugs, or you're talking about anything that you like, know could be dangerous, but also as part of life, like trying to find the balance is really hard. And I don't Mm -hmm. know what that is. But so my kids, I've never like hid like my period. Mm -hmm. I like, we like, it just is what it is. And so they've asked about it, you know, since they were little, it's like, why do you bleed? (laughs) Yuck, that's gross. And it's like, it's not gross. This is why you're here Like without this. Yeah. And so like we, I tried to normalize it as much as possible. And then, um, so like last summer we are in Glacier and we like go to the little, you know, like the outdoor outhouse, whatever. And I have my period and it's just such a bitch, you know, like you're like <laughs> out hiking and the girls are in there. And I just was like, ugh. And, and we like are walking out of the bathroom and Ellery's like, so why does that happen? And I was like, What? She's like, why do you bleed? I'm like, well, you know, like women, la, la, la. And she's like, no, I want to know why. Like, what's happening in your body? And I honestly, for a fucking second, was like, I don't even fucking know. No, I was going to say,
0: if if a child came up to me and was like, explain a period, I'd be like, okay, this is so embarrassing and I swear we'll get back on track, but this is like to show the like how little we talk about sex and education, etc. Yeah, I, this was I'm can't even make this up. I probably shouldn't even say this because it's like so stupid and embarrassing. <laughs> but like, I think it was last year in Arizona. So like during COVID, my family went to Arizona for like a month to quarantine. And I'd made a comment to my mom of something like, Oh, like I was on my period and I was like, Oh, I have to put a I just put a tampon in but I have to go pee. And she was like, Um, okay, like what? And I was like, well, when I pee, like it's going to fill my tampon. And she was so confused. I thought you fucking (laughs) bled out of where you peed. And I was 21 years old.
1: Uh, There was no education there. Okay. And it was my own body. Yes, and I love this. I I really do because uh, even before this conversation, I was like, fuck, <laughs> talking about sex is hard enough when it's like with my closest friends or with just you. Talking about sex and having it projected to people- When you know is, there's people, yeah, listening. Yes, yeah, it's fucking scary because mm-hmm. they're, I mean- Exactly like you just said, Ellery asked me and I like stopped for a minute and was like, I I don't even, I don't even know. So anyway, I like froze and then I was like, okay, I can explain this in a, somewhat coherent way. And I was mm-hmm. like, um, females have eggs, kind of like the chickens at the farm. Females have eggs. And if the eggs get fertilized, then you have baby chicks. And if they don't get fertilized, then you just have eggs. Well, for us, the eggs that don't get fertilized come out as your period. And I am not joking that I don't even know if that's all 100% accurate. But it was <laughs> how I like See the world and how I'm like listening. I'm like, oh,
0: okay, it makes sense to me. Like, sounds right. (laughs) I don't
1: don't, don't even know, which is so fucked up. We should better understand our bodies. But so, so she's like, all right. And we just kept walking. And I was like, yes, you know, this is going to be like the other conversation Mm -hmm. where that just ends it. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, so how does the egg get fertilized? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Um, Let's talk about sex, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, And I like didn't want to. We're like hiking on this trail back through (laughs) Glacier. Just the two of us going back to Adam and Lyndon. And I'm like, God damn it. But it's, it's an appropriate time. So fine. So she's like, well, how does the egg get fertilized? And I was like, well, that's like the dude's job. And they have the sperm and the sperm fertilizes the egg. And I still didn't have to get into, like, any penis, mm-hmm. vagina stuff. I just was like, that's what happens. And she's like, all right. And then I was like, okay, like, I still feel pretty good about this. Yeah. And we keep walking. And she fucking goes, well, do you still have sex? And I was like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? And she goes, well, dad's fixed. So he can't have babies, so does he still have sperm? And I was like, yes, it just doesn't work as well as before, and that's what they do. And she's like, all right, but do you still have sex even <laughs> though you can't have a baby? And I was like, fuck, like, why, what? what? And so, like, for a minute, I was like, okay, I could be, like, some old nineteen. 19- 50s mother and be like we don't talk about this yeah you know or I could be like yeah so I said yeah <laughs> and she goes why if it's not to have a baby and I was like well people like it and she goes do you like it <laughs> and I go your dad does <laughs> and that was the end of it
0: <laughs> and I I just envisioned this whole thing so clearly. Like, I I know how it's going down right now. (laughs) I know you. I know Ellery. I know this whole
1: situation. (laughs) I'm there mentally there. (laughs) And it was like, I didn't know what to say, but I just was like, fuck it. I'm going to be honest because here's the other thing. I spent like the first like five years of my marriage probably feeling like I was broken because I didn't I didn't want to have sex as much as like my male counterpart wanted to have <laughs> sex. And I literally thought like I have this libido disorder. And I talked to my friends too, because like early uh linen's flushing the toilet that'll be a good that'll be a good <laughs> edit out cut but um when we first got married and i remember being young and talking about this with my friends too like our husbands would get mad because like before we got married we had sex and after we got married we didn't have so much sex and mm-hmm. it was like such a shameful thing that i always Blamed myself for. And at one point, like, my friend was like, well, you can go and ask them to give you testosterone shots. And I did. Like, I was willing to try anything to, like, make it better because I thought that I I was broken. And mm-hmm. I thought that for a really long time. Like, that I was unhealthy because I didn't whatever. And I don't want my kids to feel... Like it's their fault. Like mm-hmm. sex is something that happens between two people. And if you are involved with, I'm going to get into some like men, men would hate to hear this conversation. So yes, <laughs> listening, I'm so sorry. But I've thought a lot recently about like, okay, so I don't know how long ago it was like 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, they like came out with this research study that was like, men think about sex every seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, it was like we all just thought, "Oh, that's cool, yeah," because they're like biologically predisposed to like need yeah. to spread their seed, and and that's fine and that's normal. And and then it came out later that that was probably an exaggeration. And then like more recent research now has said it's like actually like nineteen times a day instead of like every I don't know, seven eight, seconds, eight thousand, yeah. yes. But even then, it's like I look back at when I heard that and instead of being like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Sure. Men should whatever. It's just how they are. We should have been like, what the fuck? That's like an obsession. Like, what else you got going
0: on in that brain of yours?
1: <laughs> if you think about anything every second se- every seven seconds, like it would be a complex Like, yeah, you it would be an obsession. But we as a society are like, oh, yeah, it's just men. That's just what they need. And and since having little girls and like having to think through all of that, it's changed me because I Mm -hmm. think that that's dangerous. I think it's dangerous to tell little boys that they should think about it's okay to think about sex all the time. It's Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be sex. It could be. Fucking, it could be anything. You you shouldn't be so obsessed with something that you think about it all the time. If you have a thought pattern where you are so obsessed with sex that you think about it all the time, or you shame your partner because they don't want to feel it as much as you do, like, I think that's that's irresponsible Mm -hmm.
0: yeah no i think for sure i just feel like there's so many ways to take this because okay so one is that um you had mentioned you know the different conversations that you had with your girls and how it was so different in the 1950s and from my own experience and i also can't really like look back and remember a time where me and my mom sat down face to face and she explained what it was and i do think it's kind of this natural progression and like i learned about things from school and i learned about things from my sister and i can't pinpoint an exact time that there was ever really a conversation but something that i know happened in my household and the way that my mom had talked about it and kind of told us about it was like she grew up in a household that the narrative was sex is bad, and you shouldn't do sex, and it's only when you get married, and it was more from like a religious aspect, but then my mom talked like in turn of that, like there was this really like, you know, she grew up thinking like, okay, when I have sex, it's Bad, or it's this scary thing. And instead, the way she always told us is like when you love someone, like it's this emotional connection, and not like teaching kids to be scared of sex, because I also think that's pretty detrimental to either not talk about it or shove it under the rug, mm-hmm. or then approach it in a way that's like you should be scared of it or it's mm-hmm. terrible because it's like it's not terrible and whatever. But then when I was thinking in the car today, after I got like the let's talk about sex out of my head. <laughs> I was I was thinking how so that that's one way of like, you know, I don't think it should be approached as like this super negative, terrible, whatever. And again, our whole podcast is always about balance and there has to be this balance because the other thing is talking about it like it's this romantic connecting which i do think it can be i guess it's more so like talking about the first time like it's Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: like it's the way it's portrayed in movies and the way that parents talk to you about it like the first time is supposed to be like beautiful and magic whatever i need anyone to let me know if your first time was fucking romantic (laughs) and it's fucking awkward like like the movies it's like it there was like a slow song playing behind and it was like this emotional like no no that is not and so that was my other thing i was thinking of i was like it's this balance of like sex is really bad and then this balance of like romanticizing like oh your first time because i remember like the first time that i did like i remember going home and like feeling so dirty and like terrible and sad Mm -hmm. and i was like that wasn't like the movies like and i was (laughs) like is it did i you know what i mean and then there's like regret Uh there's regret and there's shame and there's all of this stuff and it's like we have to find this balance of how we approach sex and it all starts with conversations and telling all sides and all of this stuff but it's like there's this really (laughs) it's really bad or it's really romantic and and i don't think that's the truth at all
1: yeah oh yeah because it's whatever story you have in your head is is what it means and so the first time that i had sex um, I was a fucking 14, yeah. which still is like, oh, my God, Ellery's turning 11. Like, yeah. I cannot fucking imagine. But it was the same because after it was done, I was like, you cannot fucking tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And of course, he told all of his friends and everyone knew. And then I was so embarrassed because I felt like a slut and I yeah. felt like ashamed and it was like i shouldn't have done that and and even then i like had this respect for like i don't care if you wait till you're married that's wonderful for you like yeah. i have no preference no over i what agree. anyone to fucking each their does own and i respect yes.
0: yeah i respect that 100 yes. percent.
1: but it was not like that didn't happen for me and mm-hmm. and after it happened, then there was this emotional thing tied to it because the act had so much shame associated with it mm-hmm. that then like I felt pressured for a long time to like still be with this person. And, and it gets tied up with like, for me, it was like first love, first real boyfriend, first la, la, la. And then like trying to, it, disentangle all of that was Mm -hmm. impossible for a long time. And if we could frame it, I mean, I guess that's what I try to do with my kids, then I just try to change it. And so the frame that I hope that they see it through is like, look, it's just a fucking thing that happens. It feels good for people and people like it. And it's how you get babies. And I don't want you to have fucking babies till you're like, 30. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: let's just try to keep things intact but you should never feel pressured to do anything with your own body Mm -hmm. and then also you should never feel Feel ashamed yeah Because, I mean, it just is what it is. But it's like, I don't know. It's a fucking tricky thing. And then all of that is tied to the fact that it is everywhere around us. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like lately, and I think that I told you this like a month ago, I feel like every time we watch a show, if there's like some sort of sex scene in it, I'm just like, I don't understand how this advances the plot at all. Mm -hmm. Like you could have two people go into a bedroom and shut the door and that could be the end of it. But then at the same time, like I want to normalize sex and I want to be able to have conversations about it. But also it feels like we also get obsessed with it or we encourage people to think about it all the time. And there has to be some sort of balance. And if we don't talk about managing those urges, I mean, girls aren't raping boys. I mean, they do, and it happens. But for the most part, if we need to talk about people having urges that we need to teach them to manage, I mean, that seems like a really good conversation to have with 14-year-old boys, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, this is normal, this is okay. But, like, if you're thinking about sex all fucking day, like, maybe we should teach you how to meditate. Like, I don't know.
0: You know? Let's think about something else.
1: (laughs) Yes. But I don't know what it's like to be a boy either. So it's like, I don't know. So this morning in my research, like I remembered hearing that they had been doing some research on male birth control. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, but there was like this tweet, this thread. I literally, yes. I know the the Mormon
0: mom. Yes.
1: Who was like, look, I've had all these kids and like... You want to stop unwanted pregnancies? Fucking put boys on birth control. Yes. It seems like such an easy thing. And so after that, I had never really thought about male birth control before. Because Mm -hmm. again, it's like always, it's always us. Yeah, for sure. So after that, I had researched male birth control a little bit. And then this morning, just to like freshen up, I went back. And I mean, they had done this really big study. And they had a large proportion of men drop out of it because of side effects. And I fucking wrote them down because I wanted to make sure that I remembered to tell you. Okay, ready? These were the side effects of the male birth control. Acne, headaches, erectile dysfunction, reduced sex drive, tiredness, and weight gain. And- You're like, (laughs) I have all of them? (laughs) like what the fuck like i'm so sorry that happened to you like welcome to my world and there were i mean i do have to say there were a couple things where some of the men got really depressed and so that is why they ended up like it wasn't just the yeah easier side effects that they halted this study or whatever like some of the men got depressed and like were suicidal or something. But I mean, that's what happens when you fuck with, I mean, hormones are tricky. And I don't have a lot of experience, but I'll tell you those testosterone shots that I had taken when I was like, 29, trying to like, I don't know, make me a better wife, also like, put more hair on my face. And Knowing what I know now about like testosterone and doing that, it seems so irresponsible that I was willing to like fuck with my body mm-hmm. to just try and make myself feel something.
0: No, it is, it is so crazy. And I remember vividly reading that article and it's like, okay, if you are someone who is pro-life or you are against abortion, then you need to be pro other avenues, whether that is... Giving men birth control or making birth control affordable, and um, having act like giving women all or all women access to birth control. But what's so crazy is, and I think it mentioned this in the thread. I read this thread like two years ago, and I haven't read mm-hmm. it since. But I remember it being like so impactful in my life. Like I was like, "That's mm-hmm. so smart and so true." And um, but it's like a boy can realistically get one hundred girls pregnant in a year. And a girl can be pregnant like once a year. And so Mm -hmm. why are we regulating the female? But it's also like um, in that article, it was saying how like these are all effects that women feel day to day um, because of birth control. But it's never been about comforting the woman. It's been about like giving priority to men and how they can control Mm -hmm. women's body as long as it doesn't affect men. It doesn't matter. Like oh, well, boys can't be on birth control because they have all of these side effects, like blah, blah, blah. But it's like females feel the, feel those too, but it's okay, you know? But also the in turn of that is like the shame of if someone wants to go and get an abortion or, you know, it always falls on the woman. Like it's not your choice. It's not your body to decide. All of this stuff, it's always centered around like, if you don't want to get pregnant, you shouldn't have sex. You shouldn't, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like- no one in when you talk about the abortion argument ever considers the male like it's never well where's Mm -hmm. the husband or he should be required to all of this stuff like it's always only ever been about females
1: yeah isn't that so fucking tricky yeah and like
0: the shit i have dealt with with my birth control like it's I've switched birth controls like four times because they've been so terrible on my body. And like, I just recently got my IUD out because I literally had cysts in my ovaries, like constant excruciating pain. I had to go get an ultrasound and it was like the worst pain ever, but he has a headache. So so
1: we can't put him on birth control. It's
0: like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy to me.
1: Well, okay. So in this like, interview about the research in the study, they were talking about the side effects. And okay, I this says the person who like was involved with the study says there's uh, like a bit of a different risk benefit when it comes to men using contraceptives. Because when women use them, they balance the risk of the drug against getting pregnant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the risk. But and pregnancy itself carries risks. But mm-hmm. these are healthy men. They're not going to suffer any risks if they get somebody else pregnant. Ugh. And I read that and was like, okay, I can understand, like, they're healthy men. They, they, the pregnancy doesn't affect. And so, like, when you're looking at side effects of the stuff, like, it's just different. But that sentence, like, just hit me so fucking hard because it is true. They, they like, unless, you know, you're there and you're involved in your, you know, whatever. It's like, they don't. They can walk around and get as many people pregnant as they feel like. And it's on us. And then that's just tied up in like all this shit where like, it used to be like women couldn't dress the way they wanted to because they look too slutty or they're enticing men or they're whatever. And it's like, fuck off. Yeah. The dudes should carry the responsibility uh, as much responsibility as the females, you know? Yeah,
0: it's like in in middle school, and I, I'm sure everyone's middle school did this, but it was like, you couldn't wear spaghetti strap tank tops. And it was because, well, it's distracting to the boys. Why are we making sending girls home to go and change and not teaching men to not be distracted? Like, if you can't focus in math because my shoulder's out, like, you are the problem
1: and like how yes but people don't see it and it's and I I didn't see it but I do know that my own thoughts about it have changed a lot and a lot of it you know is just having girls because I don't want them to I don't want them to be ashamed and I don't want them to feel uncomfortable and I never want them to feel like they can't come talk to me. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I can encourage that is to be open and honest with them about it. Because the minute that I'm like, we can't talk about this, is the minute they start to think that something is wrong.
0: For sure. I think um, just a big overview or big topic about sex too is – The way that it's portrayed so differently when a female does it versus a male. And you had mentioned this, I think, earlier, but I vividly remember being in high school and it was like, okay, when friends that I knew had had sex or um, like if I did, it was like we should hide it and I didn't want to tell anyone and people are going to think I'm a slut or I'm a whore or but then it's like the boys who were doing it were all getting congratulated and high fived and like the difference when you're younger and how like women should be ashamed but boys it's like this pride thing and like you go like I you're so cool because you did that and and again it all stems from like having conversations and shifting the way that people think about it and then the other thing. And I think this also sort of goes into like, being a female and how the media portrays it. And I think consent and all of this stuff. But me and Connor had just had a conversation in the car the other day, um, just about like sexual trauma and rape and survivors and things like that. And a conversation we had had is like, I mean, this is totally a different topic in itself of like believing victims and all of this kind of stuff. But the way that our society thinks of it is they often don't believe the victims or it's like victim blaming like well you wore this and you shouldn't have wore this or you shouldn't have been drunk all of this stuff but in turn of that me and connor were saying how like i can think of so many instances where even in my own life. And like, I wouldn't say like, oh, I've been raped. I've been, you know, and it's like, I'm so lucky that that hasn't happened, which is crazy. I even have to say that because of the amount of people that I actually genuinely like that is their story. Um, mm-hmm. But I can look back in my life and think of like, encounters I've had with boys, where they weren't really consented. And I can, I remember like a specific time where there was something that happened with a boy and I got home and I was like, I did not want to do that. And I never said yes to that, but he just did it. And I went along with it, but then Mm -hmm. I got home and I was like, well, I could have said no, and I shouldn't have been there. Or maybe I (sighs) gave him the wrong intentions, but it's like, I think it stems from women being ashamed of having sex or like the way that we make girls feel about it because then it's like when those situations happen rather than being like, no, that was wrong and I didn't Mm -hmm. want that, then it's like, you know, you think, and that was only like my own experience. And then I told Connor, like, how many people in this world have had those encounters and they can't even really like internally accept that because they are thinking like, well, it was my fault or I shouldn't have Mm -hmm. done that or am I over-exaggerating? Is it, it's just this like terrible, terrible idea that we have i guess about sex and then one other mm-hmm. thing i wanted to add was i saw a tiktok the other day and and it sounded like s- so simple but i loved i loved it so much and it was this mom who said the video was like how i teach consent in my household and she had like a 2 year old boy And it was videos of her being like, can I help you tie your shoe? And he would say like, yes. And she would help tie it. Or can I help you get dressed today? And he would say no. And she'd be like, okay, then you can do it. Or there was a time she was on the couch and she was like, can I give you a hug right now? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, perfect. And she would hug him. And it's like, you're not teaching your two-year-old like, you should ask Mm -hmm. before, you know, it's like not having those conversations, but just in general, teaching the idea of like, Teaching consent in your household, not in sexual terms, just in general, like, can I do this mm-hmm. for you? Can I do, you know? But it's like, it starts there and it starts with normalizing conversations and it, it always starts with just getting the ball rolling and talking about it and not letting sex be Mm -hmm. this taboo thing. But I think Mm -hmm. we're always like, why aren't people educating their sons? And people are like, well, I don't need to talk about sex. It's like, it doesn't have to start that way. But like teaching even your daughter's consent in the household. I saw that TikTok and I was like, this is just so brilliant. Like you go, mom.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I almost cried, but I do have a time that it happened and I did say no, but I was really drunk. Mm -hmm. And like all I remember is saying no. And we were like at a wedding in a field and these people were leaving and their car pulled up. And once the headlights hit us, like that was the end of it. And he just left and like ran away. And like the people in the truck like helped me get back to where I was sleeping. But I was so embarrassed mm-hmm. and so ashamed because I was like, I was too drunk. And if I wouldn't have been drunk, I wouldn't have even been in the situation. Mm-hmm. But it like started like it always starts like we were just making out. And then it just kept going. And I was like, no, no, no. But then it didn't, I don't know. It and just it's, is such a hard so, thing. And it's so crazy because like you hear that and in your
0: mind it's like, no, that was fucked. And you mm-hmm. leave that situation and you're like, he did this and that was wrong and I didn't. But it's just like I said, like you get home and it's like, but, but, but. And it's Dude, like Dude, I didn't of tell you. anyone.
1: Yeah. Well, I told one person about it like the next day and that was the only person that I told for a really long time, I think until Adam and I got married because- I was so embarrassed and felt like it was my fault, which is so fucking weird. And I just think about my own kids and I never want them to feel like if they say, no, that's not enough. Like, no should be it. And then you hear things like- And wait, talk not ahead. even, like, not even no should be enough.
0: Like, not saying yes is enough because- I think there's times where like, you're too drunk to say no, or yes, like me, I can't Mm -hmm. fucking say no in any aspect of my life. And I think the times where I reflect where I think things went further than I ever wanted them to it it was because I was like, too scared to say no, it's not I should have said no, or no is enough. It's that the yes wasn't there.
1: Yes. And that's why the one thing when we talk about like cancel culture, or we talk about victims, and we talk about, like, all of that stuff, the one thing that I hate, and I don't know that it's even, I mean, part of it's the media, but part of it's just society and who we are and how we do things. And we like, go to these extremes, you know, where it's like people start saying there needs to be consent and then other people are like, oh, like, I'm going to stop in the middle of something and like, be like, here, sign this form that like, this is okay. And it's like, that's not it either. Like, we don't have to go to these crazy extremes. It's just more than you taking what you want when you want it. Mm -hmm. Like, that just is the part that isn't okay. I'm not saying you have to sign a fucking contract. I'm just saying that if you know, you should have some sort of responsibility. And I, once we start talking about people taking responsibility for their actions or for sex, like that's the way it should be. Men should have a responsibility there, like beyond just you know, doing whatever feels good. Mm -hmm. And they just haven't before. And I feel like there's pushback to that. And I mean, I, I look, I think if you are a female and you love having sex, then that is awesome and you're not weird. And I think if you're a female who doesn't really... So like when it came, it was like men think about sex 19 times a day and women think about it 10. And I'll tell you right now, the only times I think about it is when it comes on the TV and I feel like cringing when my family (laughs) enters the room. And other than that, I do not think about sex at all until it's like bedtime. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, and like you do like it's not like whatever. (laughs) And I don't know that that is normal. But I don't want to feel shamed about it anymore. You know, like, no, I, and I don't want want think there's a normal okay. way.
0: And I think that, yeah. again, our, our theme of our entire podcast is balance. But yeah. it's like there isn't a normal or a right way to do it. Like, sex isn't all terrible and all bad, but it's also not all beautiful and romantic. And it's like, there are females who think about sex all the time and that's fine. And there's females who don't think about sex and it's all fine. Like, the idea that there is this normal way to approach sex and that it's right or wrong or this is the correct way, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, Everyone has different relationships with it. People have it different amounts. People like it more or less, or they have different previous experiences with it. And the whole point is that you can't compare your be like, I'm doing this wrong or I'm doing. It's all about Mm -hmm. navigating it in a way that is true to yourself, like not being like, I'm ashamed because I didn't or I'm ashamed Because I did or normalizing that conversation, but then also Mm -hmm. doing it in a respectful way. Like, I feel like that's what the overarching theme that I guess I have about sex Mm -hmm. is like, it can't be taboo. It can't be something we don't talk about. Mm -hmm. There's negative sides when we talk about it too much and it's too everywhere. But also like we have like it's know. a part
1: of life and we, yeah. we have to have the balance. I agree. And I think you led perfectly into like two things that I have mm-hmm. that like I think tie it up. Okay, maybe three things. So the yeah. first thing is um like the overarching thing for me leaving even this conversation is that I have felt a lot of shame about a lot of different things mm-hmm. that have happened in my life sexually for different reasons. And the one thing is just accepting that those things happen, which took me a really long time, and then letting go of that shame, which Mm -hmm. also is really fucking hard. And some of them were traumatic. And some of them were my own fault, really. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like, there's a balance there. And I think The one thing that you just said is like, there isn't a normal and it's taken me a really long time to feel that because Mm -hmm. I think wherever you're at, that's just the normal and you don't have to compare it to other people and you have to find a way to make that work in your relationship. Yeah, it's
0: such like a personal thing between yourself or your partner or anything.
1: Yeah. And it's just being open and honest with them because like, you know, there there are times I don't want to get into like... (laughs) real specific stuff but it's like where your partner wants more than you do sometimes and it's like finding that balance and finding a way to navigate that I mean I'll it's been a struggle within my own marriage like the whole time like Mm -hmm. anything but just trying to make sure that you're both happy and it goes to for me, it goes back to, okay, like you have to be happy on your own. You cannot rely on me to give you things to make you happy. Like mm-hmm. you're happy on your own and I'm happy on my own. And when that is good, then we can come together and be there for each other and support each other and make sure we're both getting what we need out of the relationship. And then the other things were, okay, so the one thing that I was reading about is like, when women aren't as comfortable with sex, which is kind of like this whole thing that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. just like, like, do you talk about, like, when you talk about sex with your friends, do Mm -hmm. you guys talk about it? Yeah. And I feel like as I've gotten older, but again, it's
0: like, I talk about it with like twins, Alexis Macy, like my core group of friends. But like, I'm not going up to random people and talking about it. And it's so funny. Me and Connor talk about this all the time. Because here's the other (laughs) thing is, do we talk about it? Absolutely. And like, they're my closest friends. And it's, I'm also like a younger age group, you know, like, I don't think, you know, so I think that's different. But I yes we talk about it and I feel comfortable talking about it with my friends and I think that's great but I've talked to Connor and I'm like what are the things that you say about it and it's so fucking different like listening to (laughs) what what Connor's like oh yeah I was with the boys and like I asked Uh. him about the bachelor and I was like what were you like what did you do at your bachelor weekend and he was like telling me the things I'm like okay and I literally said to him I was like I talk about sex with my friends but like
1: not like that
0: like what
1: (laughs) I'm so intrigued, but I I know I can't ask you for more information, but I am so, but I've talked to Adam about it too, and they obviously talk about it differently than we do. Mm -hmm. And I think you make a really good point too about like the one thing that I had gone through was like looking at averages just to like get a ballpark number and it's like roughly once a week is kind of the average for everybody, but for people in their 20s, so it was like 54 times a year, which like comes to once a week, like in general is average. Mm-hmm. And then for people in their 20s, it was 80 times a year, which <laughs> I mean, makes sense because that's just how life is. And you're they you don't have and kids you're, and you don't, yeah. yes. Well, yeah, I didn't even so noticed, like, I don't even know if I
0: say, I don't know, but like, I noticed when <laughs> the difference, fuck, dude, I don't know, like, my grandma listens to this podcast, but like,
1: I know, I
0: know. And, dude, I'm sweating. I'm sweating, <laughs> but.
1: That's why I was so fucking nervous, dude. Okay, I'm doing this like so,
0: so casually, but when I think about the difference of like, um, when me and Connor were, and also, also, long distance, like, is definitely a different factor, but I tell Connor, I'm like, we, cause we did long distance for a long time. And so then like when I did see him on the weekends, like it was a lot yeah. different. And so then it was like, yeah. we were catching up <laughs> on time. <And> so then <laughs> since, since we've moved in together, like it's gotten so much less. And I even like, I always joked him. I'm like, oh my God, like we're a married couple. And like, we don't even have kids, but it's like the, I don't know, life is just different. Yes. And it's not like you're in that dating yes. phase, but yeah, no. it, it's crazy. Cause the, how you said, um, how it's like a different. And just level of how many times it's happening, like from twenty year olds to adult. But I also think that, and I had mentioned this when I was like, "Well, yeah, I talk about sex with my friends, but like I'm younger and, and again, like I don't know if my mom talks about sex with her friends. Like I choose to not think about that um, to help me. <laughs> yeah, we just we don't. I'm think about sure it. she does. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, um, I I think it's talked about, um just in general on the board of ages. And I think it's maybe talked about more when you're in your 20s because you're still hanging out with your friends and it's not like you're married at home with your husband 24-7 and you're, like, going there but then going back with your friends, whatever. But I also think, and maybe this is a positive, that, like, people are more comfortable talking about it. And because, like – I've talked to my mom about things that she was like, I can't in a million years imagine me having this conversation with my grandma or with, yeah, her mom, my grandma. And so I think Mm – but I think that's all healthy, like, talking about it. And even though, like, I can't remember an exact specific time my mom sat down and, like, gave me the birds and bees talk, like, I'm still very comfortable, like, going to my mom about things, which is also good because it's like when you aren't comfortable – then I couldn't have been put on birth control. And, you know, people end up pregnant because they can't tell their parents that they're having sex and they need to be using protection or something Mm -hmm. happens. And, you know, and it's like all of those things I feel really comfortable to go to with my mom. And that's really important. And I think your girls could say the same. And I hope my kids feel that way. It's all about like normalizing it just, it shouldn't be weird, but it, it is, but it's like getting No, better. but I
1: love that because it is. It's like learning about what happened, like knowing your own experience. And then as you get older, changing how you frame that. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really important because like your mom said, you know, part of that is a product of time, you yeah. know, like people just didn't talk about it and yes. people, whatever. And okay, so- The only other things I was going to say is that I like read this article about how to like make things better. And I think it ties into all of this because one of the parts was like being confident about your own body parts and just having that confidence and feeling empowered in your own body is like Mm -hmm. so important. And I feel like that's something that I've struggled with like my whole life, just being
0: well, it totally makes sense, too. I feel like when you're comfortable and mm-hmm. confident in your body, then it removes the shame of like, well, I can't talk about that. Yeah. Or, I can't do those things. To- it totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. And that's a th- I, that's something that I feel like I still mm-hmm. struggle with. Um, and then this other thing was just talking about how these women in this study um, took like a sex ed class and just learned more about like, orgasms and like the difference between like men like obviously it's like every time that Mm -hmm. happens for them and women it's not and just learning about that like made women so much more confident too because I think sometimes you just get isolated and don't talk about the stuff that you're self-conscious about. Mm -hmm. And so that was another thing.
0: Well, and even having those, having those conversations turns a narrative that like sex is for men and like teaching young Mm -hmm. girls, like you have to do this for your husband or you should be ashamed if you're not doing it for your husband. Like, When was it ever supposed to be that it was only enjoyable for men? Like that's not the narrative, but it's been the narrative for a very long Mm -hmm. time. And I feel like it's just now starting to be this thing where like, no, it's supposed to be equally as enjoyable for her as it is for him. But then in turn of that is like, oh, we should all have the same like relationship with sex. It shouldn't be like women are ashamed and men are prideful. Like It all stems with having confidence and understanding like the basics and making it this I think the problem is that society has shifted so much to like sex is a guy thing and like it's for the men like that's not fucking true (laughs) like it's never been but it's been the case i guess it's been the narrative for a long time
1: yeah and if you think about periods i feel like it's always been something that like i'm embarrassed about or ashamed Mm -hmm. about or if if like i'm having my period like i don't want to whatever and like That's another thing with Ellery, like we talk about it and – Like openly, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's like, what do I do if I get my period? I'm like, you just go to the office and call me and I'll just come get you and we'll just have a day. And she's like, what do I tell my teacher? And I said, I said, just tell her you need to go home. And she goes, well, why can't I just tell her I got my period? And I was like, you definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. You go, Glenn Coco. (laughs) 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 So anyway, and and just that when I said that to her, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck." Yeah, you can. Yeah, you should. You shouldn't be ashamed of that. But when I got mine,
0: something. that's not what happened. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. Yeah, how it's changing and we're teaching. Like I remember, I got mine when my mom was out of town, and I had to. God, I just keep doing TMI's on this podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> God, I remember oh. the first time I got my period, and so my mom traveled a lot when I was a kid, and so she was gone, and I was staying at. my my grandma's house and i'd been at a friend's house whatever long story short i got my period and i was like too scared to tell anyone and i was so embarrassed Mm -hmm. by it well i also did gymnastics like competitive gymnastics at the time and i had to wear a leotard where like you can't hide a pad in a fucking leotard Mm -hmm. i remember going to a friend's house saying i had to go to the bathroom and i like dug in her mom's whatever found a tampon put it in the next thing I know, I'm at gymnastics practice. We're doing like conditioning and it's falling out of me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> like it wasn't in far enough. And I was so scared and so embarrassed. And, and then my yes. mom got home and I was like too embarrassed to even tell her I got it. And I think I told Sydney, I was like, I got my period, but like, I can't tell mom, which is like so crazy because my mom would have like never, yeah. like she would have been so like right. normal about it. But it's like, I was so scared about it. And then I, yes. in turn, like I, I remember... Ellery being here and how Ellery talks about how she's going to, like, tell her teacher she got her period and have a period party. And I was like, that's how it should be. Like, why are we – like, we don't have control over this. Like, why are we shameful
1: of Mother Nature? Like, I don't have control. Yeah. Of the only reason we're all here. Like, that's – it's like – the, the main thing, like, I don't know if we turned it into something because we were like, these women, they could have too much power. They're like <laughs> yeah. in control of populating the earth and whatever. So, so let's, let's shame just them. Shame them. <laughs> yes. Like their control periods them. are bad. Their bodies are bad. It's Sex their is for men. <laughs> fault. Yes. So, so the last thing that I read was that even just starting to say the world word, word clitoris clitoris makes makes it um like opens doors as well just makes you more comfortable and uh feel better about sex in general which is also very funny because it's like the power of just using language to feel more confident so everyone should just try to say do you say clitoris or clitoris you know (laughs) I don't know what I'm. <laughs> We're literally about to launch a podcast where I
0: said I thought I like bled out of where I peed, and you're saying clitoris, and my grandma listens, and my mom,
1: <laughs> and they should also all say clitoris, or is it clitoris? Are you I don't know when I thing? when
0: I hear clitoris, I think of like a dinosaur and not like, <laughs> women's
1: like a women's body part, like Taurus. <laughs> Okay, clitoris. Clitoris. That's that's the that's the T. That's the T. <laughs> <laughs>